Voyages of Pim Better Podcast. What's up, world? Welcome back to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. For this episode, I really can't say world because my guests were phoning in from the United Kingdom. Today, I had Chloe and Prue on the podcast, and they are travelers who are currently traveling around the UK in a big red van. I've been meaning to have someone that's living the van lifestyle on the podcast, so I was super, super excited to have them on, and they had some great insight, really kind of like a tempered and mature outlook at traveling and, you know, giving up work and giving up the traditional things that you need to do when you're adulting to travel and experience life in a different way. So I got a lot of inspiration through talking to them. As I've been getting through all of these conversations that I've been having on here, I really do feel so lucky to be doing this. I know, again, it's just a small podcast, but uh, this is exactly what I want to be doing. My friend recently, actually Dan, who was on this podcast, he reached out to me and told me that his fiance and him will sit down and they'll listen to an episode and then they'll sit there and they'll discuss it afterwards and they'll talk about it and then he'll check back in with me to see what I was thinking about it. So I love that. That's exactly what I want to be doing. I want to perhaps be inspiring people through these conversations that I'm having or giving people an alternative outlook on life or maybe some advice as it relates to traveling or just life in general. So uh, that's how I'm feeling after recording this podcast with Chloe and Prue. Really, really excited to have them on today. I would love to get uh, some more people from the Venn community on in the future. And as with everyone that I've been talking to so far, I'd love to check back with them. Maybe one day I'll do a segment like a like a where have they been type of a segment where I catch up with the the different people that I'm talking to because they're all continuing to acquire stories and live life and gain experiences and I think it would be cool to check back in with them. All right, so I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, please like, comment, share, and you can shoot me an email about any uh, any thoughts that you had while listening to the episodes, any advice or any feedback. I would love that. All right, Brian, Cue the music. Today, I have Chloe and Prue on the podcast, and you guys are van travelers. Is that correct? We are indeed, yes, just about. All right, so um, talk to me about what type of traveling you've done so far before we get into the big trip that's coming up. Where have you gone? Because you guys are located out of Brighton, but where have you traveled with the big red van? Um, well, we're still pretty early days at the moment. Um, we only bought it sort of back in September, but we've done a couple of trips up to um, Lake Districts, um, Cumbria, which is sort of north of England. It's very, very beautiful up there. That's where my family's from originally, so we um, spent quite a bit of time up there. Um, we've also been down to uh, the Peak Districts district as well, the Peak Districts. Um, and we've had a couple of nights out in the van around there. Uh, in 
between visiting people, which is good. Um, we've done quite a few miles since we left Brighton, though. We've sort of been to about 1,500 miles or so. so oh, wow. Out and around, haven't we? Yeah, we're down in Kent at the moment, um, just staying with my family uh, for Christmas, so we've stopped for a little while. But um, yeah, we've done pretty much the le- almost the length of England. Uh, yeah, we have, well, yeah, just about. But not stopped off at many places, because only, we only left Brighton uh, in November, so we're pretty new to, to the whole thing. So leading up to November, and I guess leading into your trip, are you guys working? Yeah, I was working full-time. Um, in Brighton, yeah, we, we've both, we're both working. Um, well, we've we've both had full-time jobs working in Brighton for the majority of the time we've been there. Um, as as and when we decided to do these things, um, it sort of started to wind down. I actually got made redundant um, a few months earlier than I would have liked to have left my job. So I think that sort of prompted us to start. It gave us a bit of a kick to get going as well. Um, so yeah. And do you mind if I ask you how old you are? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm 30. Uh, I am 27. Okay, cool. So I'm 30 as well. So that's really interesting. Let's talk about where you're headed. So you've done uh, what I guess I'll call like local travel so far, but I believe your plan is to drive down to Portugal. Is that right? Uh, No, we're actually going to stay in the UK. So one of our things was a lot of people have said, to us that we could go traveling all around Europe but we actually both really like the UK okay but with working full-time we kind of you don't really get to see a lot of it when you're trying to fit it in around work so we sort of the inspiration for our trip was basically to try and get to all the places we really want to go and have never been able to but just finding really cool places like in our own country pretty much I see very cool so is there I think, I think, you know, Europe might be on the cards later, but this trip round, we're just we're just going to do um, the British Isles and sort of see, because it's quite small in comparison to, like, some other states, obviously, but there's right. many different sort of beautiful places to go, so I think we're going to stick around there. So do you have an end date in mind, or is this trip just kind of, you know, open-ended and, and we'll see where it goes? Um, it's a bit of both. I think we're quite open-minded about the trip itself, but... We kind of, we had to do a bit of a plan and it had to come down to finances. So we did a bit of a budget just to see how long we could potentially stay on the road for. And it's a bit sort of trial and error because we've not done it before. But um, we were looking at about six months and then if we can, we'll see where we are. And if we can prolong it, that's great. Um, Yeah, so it's a bit open-ended, but we're looking at hopefully about six months and then see where we're at after that. Provided, like, you know, the van doesn't have any drastic breakdown. Right. Spend money on emergencies, you know, things like that. The, the longer we can make the money go, the, then the longer we can stay out, essentially. So, yeah. I see. So one of the things that we've been talking about on here is that uh, I'm at the age, and you guys are also at the age, where most of the people I know are in career type of jobs at this point. And a lot of those people are also kind of hitting this point where they're like, well, I'm seeing the things that I wanted to do with my life and I haven't done them. And now I'm kind of getting caught up in the momentum of, well, I can't leave my job at this point because I have a pension or I've already put in eight years or, or something like that. Uh, are you in a similar situation? And are there any like reservations about taking a trip like this? Um, 
I know I definitely had reservations about it because I had a comfortable job and it, you know, it paid the bills and I quite liked the people I worked with and I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit scared to take the leap and leave it but I think having a full-time job and working nine to five and paying the rent and it was what I always thought I wanted but actually that routine I, I don't know I just decided that it wasn't really making me hugely happy and I think that pushed me to look at my life and think actually I don't have huge responsibilities I don't you know own my own house if I don't do it now then yeah I'll get even more caught up in the rat race and I'll never be able to kind of break away and do it so I definitely had some reservations but how did you feel about it? I, I, I was in a bit of a different situation to Chloe in that um, I, you know, I was just sort of job hopping a little bit. I have, I have been doing sort of since I graduated. I, I went to uni, I got my degree, I did really well, but like it wasn't a vocational sort of qualification. So I've just been job hopping for a few years. Um, so it's not that I don't like that. It's just that I've never had that sort of stability or that sort of career ladder to work towards anyway. Okay. So... It was to me. I, I, you know, I desperately wanted a change, and I think that a lot of people in our age bracket have been told, you know, study hard, go to school, get a degree, go and get a job, and work and get a pension, all the rest of it. And I think a lot of people, you know, are questioning the fact that you, you don't get a job for life anymore. The job market in this country, especially, is, is, has been dreadful recently. I, you know, I think a lot of people are questioning what we've been told we have to do, and I know that we, we both are as well. It's just, why not try something different for a few months and see if you like it? Yeah. Beautiful, I love that. I think I think we'd I think we'd be lying if, if you know we said we weren't. Of course, we're worried about money and you know the losing stability. Losing yeah, stability has right. a feel in that you know you're safe and you know you've you know you don't need to worry about like where your next meal's coming from, things like that. You know, I think we'd be lying if we said we weren't concerned. But it's not enough of a reason not to try yeah. something different. Okay, I see. So. You are going to do this for about six months. You mentioned the potential prospect of a trip in other parts of Europe. Is traveling something that you want to do long-term throughout your life and uh, specifically, I guess, traveling in your van? Um, I don't know, really. I mean, I think we, this is definitely um, a new venture for us. And, you know, we, we've said we might do this and think wow this this sucks this is the worst idea we've ever had we, we don't like living like this you know and all the rest of it I think I don't think that's I don't think it's but um, I don't know if we want to do we want to travel further what do you think I think that what what's good about what, um, the, the decisions we've come to is that we've tried to keep a bit of an open mind and just think that we'll decide when our trip gets to well not gets to the end but we'll just see how this way of life treats us and I think it's quite good sure to just does. be a bit open with your path in life. And I don't yeah. know, I think, I like the idea of travel, but we'll try a little bit first. I don't think, you know, neither of us, you know, like, I think, never say never, you know, I don't think we're saying we, we don't want to settle down again and get somewhere to live and, you know. Just try not to look too far ahead. Of yeah, sort of enjoy where we are now, really, rather than plan ahead too far. Right. Now... Um, van travel is not anything that's new. When I, like, if I try to, like, at least trace it back historically in my mind, like, I think about, like, the 70s in the United States and people traveling in the Volkswagen uh, 
those like iconic Volkswagen vans. But I've seen, at least on social media, and like this is how I found you guys, is that there's been like a huge uptick in people renovating vans and, and traveling. I'm wondering if you've noticed this too and if there's any sort of like community to it that you guys are being embraced by or, or becoming involved in. Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, when we, we were looking at alternative ways of living and that kind of thing, we kind of didn't think about social media, but as we were looking around, you know, even our personal Instagram accounts, we were seeing these posts about people living in vans and it, that kind of inspired us. And I think that um, but now being part of sort of the community, that like there's such an amazing group of people. There is a big community of people doing this. Yeah, and we really, like, just interacting with the people that we have in the last couple of months even, because, you know, as I said, we're still quite new on the, the scene, as it were, but we've just met so many great people via the means of social media and just like-minded people that you can just chat to about stuff. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be van-related stuff, just life-related stuff. And I don't know, I think that there is a kind of a growing movement of people doing it. Absolutely, Definitely. Yeah. I think I think more people, especially sort of in the same age that we are, you know, more people are sort of thinking, well, stuff's the job, you know, stuff the house, stuff the mortgage, I'm just going to go and, like you said, get a van and, you know, get out for a bit. But I think it's, it's been really useful for us as well. This, this community is generally, it's really, really friendly. Everyone's really happy to talk to you. Um, the other thing that's really great is people share tips on their own vans and things that work and things that don't, you know, everyone's looking out for each other saying, like, stay warm, stay safe. You know, it's really nice. Everyone's pretty chilled out. And we felt very welcomed. Very cool. So on that point, kind of like with tips with the van, so I keep mentioning the, the big red van, but what type of a van is this? It is a Ford Transit, um, which... It's, uh, it's 2005, and it's actually uh, an ex-fleet van. It used to be a Royal Mail Posty van. Um, oh, wow. So that's why it's red, because uh, it used to be a Royal Mail van. And we, we um, it's, it's a short wheelbase. It's got a short roof. So it's actually on the smaller end of vans that you can buy um, to actually live in. It's just about big enough for two people. Um, but we wanted to keep it... It doesn't look overtly like a camper van. Right. It's really important when we look at the van, which means we can get into most car parks because it's not, it's not hugely that much bigger than a car um, in terms of the sort of the height and the the, um, the length of it. So. Um, oh, I see. So are there restrictions then? I'm sorry. Uh, are th- no, you know, there are. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was just saying, are there restrictions then against, I guess, camper vans in certain places in the UK? There are definitely um, a lot of um, uh, car parks. They're either maintained by like local councils or private companies, or uh, in some cases like the National Trust. A lot of them have height barriers, height restricted barriers on. So if you've got a really tall camper, oh yeah, or a big sort of like a bus that some people live in, you, you can't get into them. I see. It's, they're, they're, there to, they're there to discourage people from sleeping overnight in vans, which technically you're not supposed to. In a lot of places, um, but a lot of people do. <laughs> it's, also, it's a case of being just being respectful. Yeah. I think it's being, it's, uh, you know, it's like tucking yourself away in a corner and discreet, yeah, just, just being a bit discreet about it. Yeah. But the height restrictions do stop a lot of, a lot of that, unfortunately. But because we've got a dinky van, we can get into most places, which is quite cool. Oh wow! 
so what types of renovations have you had to make to the van to make it like livable? Well, we've actually, we were, we were quite lucky. We um, found the van through, um, was it Gumtree? It was Gumtree, yeah, it's a free online listing site. Um, and we bought it off of a couple who actually converted it all themselves. So we actually bought it fully converted. Um, oh, wow. We thought about doing it ourselves and buying a van, and but we don't, it would have taken a lot of money and a lot of self-teaching of DIY. For Neither us. of us know anything about DIY or renovating vans, so it would have it would have taken a lot more sort of time and yeah, we did we didn't really have we wanted to sort of get going and these the guys that we bought the van off, uh, they were again they were another young couple and they'd been sort of travelling around in it they felt the same way about life that sort of we do and um, they did a really good job on the conversion so luckily we ha- we haven't had to do much. Which okay. I think in the future, like it, if we if we get on with it, you know, I think we'll we might outgrow this van because it's because it is quite small. But I think if we you know if we decide we want to continue and get a bigger van, we might you know we might do a few things ourselves and kind yeah. of yeah. But I think we were very lucky to to find a van so nicely converted. I think yeah, definitely they did a really good job. And there's a picture of it on your website, which I'll link in the show notes. But in terms of What's inside the van? Do you have like a stove and a sink set up? We've got, um, yeah, we've got a, uh, essentially like a little kitchen unit uh, down one side of the van, which has got a work surface and a sink, um, which has, yeah, it's got a sort of drainage pipe and also it's got a fresh water pipe, which has an electric pump. So we've got a tap, um, which works as well. So it just works like a normal sort of kitchen sink. Um, got loads of cupboards, loads of storage space, which is really good. Again, for such a tiny van, it's, they've done it in a really sensible way. They've made really good use of the space. Um, and for cooking, we've just got a couple of backpacking stoves, actually. Um, just gas, just use uh, sort of gas cartridges, little ones. Um, they're small enough that you can fit them on the, the countertop. Yeah. They're not, they don't get in the way. They're, they're easily sort of packed away as well, so you don't... You don't they don't get in the way and they're not, they're not permanently fixed. No, exactly. Um, and then what have we got? Like a, um, a sofa, which mm-hmm. which is on slats and it pulls out um, when we need to go to sleep and it folds out into a, a double bed, which is great. Um, so, yes, it's a good solid, like, it's not a sort of futon style one. It's a proper pull-out mattress thing. It's really decent. I think a lot of the vans we looked at have... They don't compromise the space on the bed, but they have kind of a three-quarter size bed. Yeah. Um, and we wanted to just just be comfortable, so we we were really excited when we this one's actually double bed. Doesn't it's, it? a full, it's a full double bed, which is cool. Um, and then we've got more units at the back for storage um, and loads of storage under the bed as well. Um, and then we've got a cooler for food. I think the main the main reason the 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 important the really important thing that in our van is that. They've properly insulated it, and it's properly ply-lined, and it's properly carpeted on all the walls. Oh, wow. It makes it really cosy. Um, you don't feel like you're sitting in a tin box. You feel like you're sitting in a small like, studio room. Um, which I think that makes a big difference. That was one of the reasons we got it. Definitely. It was so nicely carpeted. It does definitely make a difference. It just makes it feel like a room rather than the back of a van. So I've seen estimates... So here in the States, right, I've seen estimates for purchasing a van and souping it up for travel like this to be somewhere like in the $30,000 range. What is something like this? I know yours came already completed, but like what did something like this cost you guys? 
we got such a good deal on this yeah. van. Um, we were looking at budget, like really budget vans, because we didn't have a lot of money and we didn't want to spend all our money that we did have on something and not know whether we, you know, whether we were going to get on with it or not. Yeah. Neither one of us had bought a van before, even you know, just a normal van, let alone a camper. So. We were looking. We really had a budget of kind of up to about eight, what, eight about seven or eight thousand. So oh wow! We were looking at the real low end, low end vans. I mean, we saw so many online that were looking at about fifteen thousand upwards towards forty thousand pounds. You know, you can spend a lot of money on. People spend on stupid amounts of money on on their first van. And I just think like we we both wanted to try it first and see if we liked it, rather than you know using all of our savings, all of our money to buy a van we might even like. Um, I think the problem we found was in our budget, a lot of the base vehicles were really well like, overused, the, yeah. the mileage was huge, they weren't in particularly good condition, so we almost stopped looking, we almost thought actually we need to save some more money and, we you know, do this. Yeah, this and, and then like one afternoon you text me, I was at work and you were like, I found one. <laughs> um, so we actually got our van, it was listed for four and a half thousand. Yeah. Which oh wow! Was really cheap. I mean, the mileage on ours was eighty thousand, which is you know, which is really low. The, the, the other vans we were looking at were at least sort of one hundred and eighty to two hundred thousand miles. Um, and then we went to see it. Um, we were thankfully the first people to go and see it. Um, and we haggled a little bit because it needed a little bit of work doing to it. There was a little bit of rust, so we had to get it welded in certain areas just because transits get rusty and that was sort of to be expected um so we haggled the price of that off of the asking price and we bought it all in for four thousand yeah. so it was such a good deal such a good deal so i've seen the, in looking at you know different instagram accounts and different websites for people who are in like the van life community i've seen couples travel together i've seen uh, whole families with children I've seen people who are just friends that are traveling together. And I think through my own perspective of living with, having living, lived with someone that I was dating, having lived with someone who was a friend, that like there's times where I just need my space. And I'm wondering like if that is something that ever comes up or like how do you, when you're traveling in such a tight space, like how do you get alone time or space or do you not need that? Um, well, this it's just we have talked about this. I mean, obviously, we're, we're now married and we've been together for six years. Oh, wow, so we're pretty used to being with each other all the time, but we we are aware we, we've talked about it quite extensively. There are going to be days where we are sick of the sight of each other and we just right some space, we just need some time. So, I think talking to people who've done it, apparently, the best way to be, and this, this is what we're going to do, is just to be honest. Just say, look, I love you very much, but right now I can't stand the way you breathe. And I just need <laughs> it's no. <laughs> so I, th- I think we're just going to have to be really, really honest with each other and just go, look, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just going to yeah. go. I'm going to go and sit over there and read a book yeah. on my own. I think it will be fine. I, you know, of course we're going to annoy each other and really, you know, mess each other off a bit. But I think that we, because we've not been doing it for very long, we haven't quite got to that point yet. No. But- it's been a couple of nights where I've, you know, we've been sleeping in it and yeah. 
You've been snoring. It's like snoring. <laughs> oh, man. I just wanted to, like, I always get in trouble. smother you with a pillow at that point. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just about sort of compromise and, you know, just kind of trying to not get too annoyed at each other. But I think when we do it more and we've been in the van for a bit longer, I think, yeah, it'll be stuff like, I'm just going to go for a walk, I'm yeah. just going to go do something, or I'm just, eat something little like just putting your earphones in, exactly. listening to music and just not, just having a bit of space and, you know, alone time, which I think is quite healthy for everybody every now and again, to be honest. Well, we do that anyway, we're never, we're never constantly around each other 24-7. I think that's a really weird way to be, but I think we're going to get very familiar with each other's habits and everything, even more so than we already, so that'll be a, learning experience, I think. Well, it's interesting, too, to your point where you were saying that people can tend to spend like a stupid amount of money on souping up a van. I guess the the point is to not really be in the van, you know? Like, I guess while you're, while you're driving, while you're sleeping, you're forced to be in the van. But, I mean, the whole point is that it lets you be mobile and that you can get to places easier. Absolutely. I mean, we're, yeah, we're not... Um, yeah, one of the reasons we obviously that we said we want to do this is is travel. Is that we want to see places and we want to be like you said out and about during the day. Um, I mean, some people their priority is to put like a satellite receiver and a 19-inch TV in the back. Oh, jeez. Things like that, which I don't get personally. But then you know, of course, of course, people do what they want. That's fine. But no, that wasn't. You know, we want to make the van. We wanted to make sure that it was comfortable enough to live in and to sleep in. You know, because you don't want to be living in a really rusty metal box. It's, it's not, it wouldn't be, it'd be a little sort of grim. Um, but no, equally, we weren't interested in installing DVD players or right. all sorts of nonsense put in. Um, yeah, for us, it's, it's basically just like a little mobile room that we can sleep and cook in. It's like, it's like a little tiny studio flat, basically. And if you lived in a tiny, tiny studio flat, yeah, you, you want to be getting out and going around, going out during the day anyway. It's the same sort of deal. Okay, right. Now, let's talk a little bit about ge- geography for a second and what you mean by the British Isles. So are you, so like mainland UK and Scotland and Ireland, or where exactly are you going to be heading? Well, at the moment we are looking at, um, well, I was having this debate with my friend who, my, my friend lives in Northern Ireland and he said, well, you can't say you're doing the British Isles unless you come out to, to Ireland and to Northern Ireland, which technically he's right. But um, I think for the moment, um, like Chloe said, we're, plan- we're trying not to plan too far ahead, but realistically, I think it's going to be uh, England, Wales, Scotland, some of the outlying Scottish islands, um, and things like that because ferries to Ireland can be quite expensive and um, Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland I mean it's, I think we'd need a set I'd, I'd like a whole separate trip just to look around that that in itself is months of exploration that you need and yeah. we, I mean I think we haven't said we're not going to go we're just we're sort of thinking in terms of money I think we might struggle to get over there I this think, time around yeah I think we were going to maybe see where we were at after we've been to the majority of the places we want to go to mm. and if we've got money left and time left or well, not time because obviously we've got all the time but if we've got enough money left to just yeah. pop over and you know have a look, we definitely will do but it's just yeah I don't know whether that would be a separate trip for us I'm not sure we'll just see how it goes I think is there much public land or national parks in the UK? Yeah, 
yeah, there's, there's low. I mean, that's one of the reasons we're doing this, because there are so many national parks. And um, there's so much amazing green space and coastline as well. Like, it's it, the, the thing that is great about it is, I don't know if, have you, if you've been to the UK much or if you've seen much of it. I, I haven't been, no. But, oh, okay, we should. <laughs> um, because even though it's such a small place, it's, um, it's very varied. Uh, depending on where you go, the landscape can be quite different. Um, yeah, there's, there are so many national parks, there's so many amazing bits of countryside that are all different and unique in their own sort of ways. Um, like, for example, if you go down to Cornwall, it's, it is literally like being in a completely different country if you compare that to like Highlands of Scotland. It's just, it's just completely different. The land, the geography, the, you know, the nature that's there as well, it's just a different place. And then, so you mentioned the car parks, but do you then like book a campsite on uh, at a national park or something like that? Like, where can you stay with the van? Um, you have to be a little bit careful. I mean, we are going to try do most as, as much as we can. We're going to try and like wild camp, you know, park somewhere um, and not pay. Um, for a campsite, I mean, a lot of campsites are obviously closed this time of year anyway, so we've kind of been winging it a little bit. But um, we've kind of budgeted to to be able to stay in some places and pitch up. But I mean, it gets very expensive very quickly if you if you pay to pitch somewhere every night. Um, and also, like it's the experience of waking up somewhere amazing when there's no one else around and you're the only people. The only problem is, is technically you're not really supposed to. Um, I think is it in all national parks. Apart no. from Scotland, or is it? No, it, it depends on where you are, but the majority of public land, uh, there's a thing called common law and common land, which sort of goes back to this archaic sort of laws and bylaws, which is sort of, I don't think you'd go to jail for camping in common land, but technically if somebody asks you to move on, then you have to. Okay. So, it, it's like, this is why, this is why I think it's a case of being discreet, it's a case of being respectful, uh, not leaving loads of litter, uh, you know, not making loads of mess and noise, which we wouldn't do. Which we, we wouldn't do anyway. That's right, right. And, you know, I think, though, yeah, it's, we'll try our best to do it, you know, parking in places where we're not in anyone's way, yeah. but we're somewhere amazing, you know, where we can just tuck away. Yeah, just tuck ourselves away. But then equally, you know, we've said that there are going to be times where we're going to be like, do you know what, let's just check into a B&B. <laughs> <Right. laughs> There'll be like a time where we've been in the van for like two weeks or two months or whatever and we just, yeah, we just need to sleep in the bed and we've, we've kind of already said to each other like, you know, if, if we're having a really just difficult time of just being, or, you know, yeah. we can check into a and b for a night and just have a bit of a break, you know, just recharge a little bit, have a shower, that kind of thing. Right. Okay, cool. So, I want to ask a couple non-van-related questions real quick um, because you're the first people to be on the podcast who uh, don't live in the States, which is really cool. So if I'm traveling to Brighton, what are some like absolutely don't-miss, must-do things? Well... Or the UK in general. The, the good thing about Brighton is it's sort of it, 
it's it's an amazing city within the UK in that you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want and no one cares. It's it's very liberal. It's very sort of um, chilled out, very creative. Oh really? It's some creative types. Um, yeah. So I mean, just general the city in general, I think it's it's great. I think in terms of what's not to miss, I think it's just actually having a walk around rather yeah. than sort of just kind of taking in the environment because it's just it's sort of unlike any city I've ever lived in before it's there's so many different parts to it um, you know kind of older parts and you know if the, everybody goes to the pier the like Brighton Pier I would which, avoid that actually if well, I, I mean it's it gets very very busy and it's definitely of an era it looks a bit dated now but I would say have a look at it and you know go down to the seafront it's I think it's a lot of fun if you kind of appreciate that it's it's what used to bring people to Brighton you know? yeah it's right. a traditional sort of seaside British town and as such bits of it are a little bit tired and a little bit sort of dated like you said dated yeah. but then equally like if you go around the lanes which is sort of an area like old streets like little tiny alleyways that sort of link up to each other there's loads of really good coffee houses there's some amazing galleries and like sort of um, there's, always, there's loads of good pubs that have always got really good bands on. It's got good music scene, it's Brian. Um, I would say go on a coffee tour there. I've, I've never experienced coffee than, like, as good as as good as good Brian, basically. Really? It's proper co- craft coffee. Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I would definitely recommend it. It's a big coffee culture down there. Right? Yeah, coffee culture is uh, huge, but it's just, yeah. But if, if you're coming to the UK in general, I think you've... you've you do have to definitely check out some of the national parks. Like, um, there is one near Brighton, the South Downs. South Downs, yeah, yeah. There's some lovely hills. Um, you're right on the coastline, and it's got yeah. You know, a lot of people have heard of the White Cliffs of Dover. Um, that some of the coastline around Brighton is pretty spectacular. It looks quite similar to that. You've got these huge, big chalk cliffs that fall away to the sea. My beachy head's pretty, pretty epic. Yeah, it's a, it's a good coastline. Yeah, it's really good. It's quite good because you can be in the middle of Brighton and then within about 20 minutes you can be like in a national park. Is, is it actually a national park or just national trust? No, it's a national park. Is it a national park? Yeah, so it's basically, you know, you can you can be in the middle of the countryside and not realise you're near a town within about sort of a 20 minute drive. It's You get kind of the best of both worlds down there. Oh, wow. Very cool. So this morning... I recorded a, I do some of these like solo podcasts about places I've been, and I recorded one about Saigon. And in that episode, I was talking about how some of my friends there and some of the people I've met, they want to know what's going on here in America, and they're all asking me about Trump. And so while this is not a political podcast at all, I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you guys live in the UK to get kind of like a temperature gauge or what you think people's perspective is right now on like this whole media and political circus that's going on in the United States? Um, I think I don't really understand what's happened. I think in terms of just, I was just a little bit of disbelief about Trump. Um, There's a lot of just disbelief generally, like, really? Right. (laughs) Wow, okay. But then to be honest, you know, Politically, the situation over here has been pretty shambolic as well. I mean, right. we the whole Brexit situation is so disappointing to, to us. I mean, we, we are of the opinion that that is something that should never have been allowed to happen. So I would imagine, you know, 
there are, there are so many people in the States that feel the same way about Trump. Well, there have to be. I know there are, you know. I feel like it, I think it, it felt to us when it was, you know, when, when Trump was announced, um, I think a lot of us over here felt like we kind of could sympathize with how everyone was feeling over there because it felt like Brexit all over again where, you know, I, I have some friends over in the States and everybody was like, this isn't going to happen, you know, yeah. Trump, this, this will just never happen. And then when it did, it was just... I don't know, I felt like we were a little bit united with, with everybody and with a bit yeah. like just being a little bit in disbelief. I mean, I don't sad. know what... I mean, really I don't, yeah, I obviously don't know what your position is on it, but yeah, it's just... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no... The whole thing... It, Sorry, go ahead. You go. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like, I, again, I, I try not to stay, get too political on this, but um, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. And then it happened, and it's like, oh, geez, like, what's about to happen next? And most people are just kind of are fearful of, like, the, the unknown of what's to come. Yeah, I think, I think that's it. It's like, I actually don't, ha- I don't know what's going to happen next at I, all. I'm genuinely scared for everybody in the US who <laughs> isn't a straight white male. Really. Right. I mean, I know that might sound like an exaggeration, but it's, it, there's going to be, this must be ramifications. Like, and they're, well, they're already up in, I know, you know, this, in the same, in the 24 hours or 48 hours after Brexit was announced, um, the number of sort of racially motivated uh, attacks and insults on members of the public increased by something like two hundred, four hundred percent, or something. And I know the same wow. state. Yeah, it's like it's just it's just sad. It's really sad and terrifying at the same time. And yeah, and yeah. It's strange how you know all the crazies start like crawling out of the woodwork when something like this happens. You know. Um. All right, so I'm going to link your Instagram and the website to the show notes for this episode. But is there anything else that you want to say, any sort of message you have for uh, people who are looking to get into like the van lifestyle? Um, I think if you're thinking about doing it, um, you know, I just think... If you're kind of working and you're, it's on, you know, it's on your mind, and you're like, oh, you know, I might want to try this. I think just the only advice I can give, really, from somebody who's been that that position, is just to just to basically let go and do it. I mean, it, it's easy to say that, but if your situation allows you to do it and you've got the capabilities to do it, obviously not everybody does, but if you if you do, then I think you know, just get out there and, and try it. The worst that's going to happen is you don't like it, and you know, you can go back to, yeah. to what you're doing, which is kind of how we feel about it. Um, but I just think kind of you have got to live your life now and not in 10 years or 30 years when you retire because you might not you're not guaranteed that so I just think I think the way I look at it is you know don't wait like all you've got is now kind of thing yeah I think a lot of people assume that we've all got another 30-40 years of doing oh we, I'll do it later I'll do it later and you don't know you know people a lot of people go far too soon without having actually done what they were working towards and I think I mean, it's not just related to van life, it's just for everything. No, you don't know. Just kind of our general viewpoint on life at the moment, I think. So, yeah, whether it's van life or something else, I think just just basically go and try it. I think just try as many things as you can, I think. I think, I think both of us would rather regret or have felt bad about, you know, trying something and it going horribly wrong, but at least you tried, you know? I mean, there's nothing... I know it sounds trite, but it's better to regret the things you have done than 
things can happen. So. I think just to, I don't know, just to say to the van community, like, thanks for being welcoming. Like, yeah, everyone's so awesome. welcoming and, like, we're really happy to, to have met some people and we hope to meet quite a few more on our trip. I think it's been really, like, really positive. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, thank you so, so much for, for coming on today. No problem at all. Thank you very much for having it. Thank you.